Today's passage comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, and beginning in verse 3. I want to share with you these verses about the second coming of our Lord. There is great interest today in this subject. Um, one, because of the war in Ukraine. And uh, people are beginning to realize that the world could come to an end as we know it um, with the uh, possibility of nuclear war. And, um, but uh, there are other opinions about that, according to the scriptures, uh, that Putin is not in charge of this world. God is. God is in charge of the world. God is sovereign. He is in charge. It's his world. It belongs to him. And it will come to its conclusion as God decides for this world to come to a conclusion. And there are signs that signify the return of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Not only are there signs that indicate His coming, there are messages about how the people of God are to live that He's coming to receive. So today we're going to talk about two things. We'll get those up on the board here. Uh, ding dong. There we are. Uh, and we're going to talk about these two points after we read the passage of Scripture. The points are, here they come, here they come, here they come. Almost there, almost there. Here they come. First of all, we're going to talk about the signs of his return. And then we're going to talk about the saints he is coming to receive. Father, we thank you for the word of God that is sharper than a two-edged sword. We thank you for the challenge and yet the comfort that we receive from your word. We realize, Lord, that we live in the last days and that your return could come even in this hour. May our hearts be ready. May we be prepared. May we be steadfast at our station of duty as we watch and wait for your return. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen and amen. As he, Jesus, was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but it is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise, and many will mislead, will be misled. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. I had a friend of mine ask me this week, so what are you preaching on? I said, we're talking about the second coming of Jesus. So what do you plan to say? And I texted back. I said, well, 
in a nutshell, Christ is coming again. Number two, we don't know when he's coming. Number three, we need to be ready for his return. And that's really the, the substance of our message today. Christ is coming again, and we need to be prepared and ready for his coming. The Bible speaks about two advents of our Lord Jesus Christ. Two comings of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of those we celebrate at Christmas time, the first coming of our Lord, and the other we preach about in the Easter season. In the first coming of our Lord, we learn that Jesus came to be the Savior of the world. That was his purpose for coming. He came so that he might die on a cross and pay the price of our sin. But God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, the Bible says, Christ died for our sins. No greater love hath a man than this, Jesus said, that he lay down his life for a friend. And I call you my friends, Jesus said, because I lay down my life for you. It was the giving of the life of our Lord as a sacrificial lamb that paid the atonement that was required for the sin of the world. It is appointed unto man once to die, the scripture says, and after, after death, the judgment of God. The first coming of our Lord Jesus Christ was to pay that sin price for you and for me. This is called the great grace and love of Almighty God. No greater grace has been displayed than the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. No greater love have been, has been shown than the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came the first advent in order to save the world from its sin. Jesus came the first advent uh, to be the Word of God revealed to us. The Word became flesh, the Bible says, and we beheld His glory. Glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We beheld the Shekinah glory of God when Jesus came the very first time. If you were wondering who God was, you only had to look at Jesus. Because Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When you hear me, you've heard the Father. When I speak, I speak what the Father tells me to speak. What I do, I do as the Father tells me to do. Jesus came the first time in order to reveal to us the very Shekinah glory of Almighty God. Stories told about the preacher that was preaching one Sunday, and uh, the crowds were gathered in. Uh, there were so many gathered in the little church that people had to hang around outside with the windows up. And he preached this message. He asked the question, Where was God before he created the world? And the congregation said, Hmm. Preacher said, Where was God before he created the world? And the congregation shook their head and said, we don't know. He said, I said, where was God before he created the world? And they said, tell us, preacher, where was God before he created the world? And the preacher said, he was in his glory. He was in his glory. Jesus brought to you and to me the very presence of the glory of God when he came the first time. That was our salvation. The very God who created us is the same God who redeems us. The very God who put breath into our life and made us a living soul, a living nephish, if you will. The Hebrew word nephish is for the Hebrew word for soul. God created life out of nothing. 
He is the God that's given of himself in order that we might have salvation and be forgiven of our sin. The first time that Jesus came, he came not to condemn the world. He came the first time to save the world. But the second time that Jesus is coming, he is coming as the judge of this world. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus comes as judge and juror over all the actions and all the activities of this world. And every human being will give an account before God. Every human being will stand before a righteous and a holy God and declare that he is Lord and we are not, that he is king and we are not, that he is sovereign and we are not, that he is in control and we are not. He is our Savior, he is our Lord, and he's coming again the second time to judge the world. The question is, are you prepared? Are you prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ? What will it be like? Well, the Bible says it would be like a thief in the night. A thief doesn't announce his coming. He simply appears. When Jesus returns, you will not read about it in the newspaper. Not many newspapers sold anyway. You will not see it on CNN. Uh, you, you will not uh, uh, be aware of it because it will happen before we can even announce the second return of Jesus Christ. Are you prepared? Are you prepared? I used to tell people I'm prepared, but I'm not ready sometimes. I'm prepared in the sense that I've been saved, but is my heart ready for his return? Do I really long for Jesus to come back to this world? Have I had enough of the injustice of the world that I want the justice of God? Had I had enough of the unrighteousness of this world that I desire the righteousness of God? Have I had enough of the sin of this world that I desire the holiness of Almighty God? Those who desire the holiness of God and the righteousness of God and the justice of God are looking forward to the second advent, the second return of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Are you in that multitude? The Bible said there will be two at the mill. One will be taken, the other will be left. It will be like the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, the Bible says the ark was built it was prepared, but people were not ready. And then it began to rain. And after it began to rain, Noah brought everything into the ark that was to be in the ark, and God shut the door. And after God shut the door, there was no opening of the door again because the judgment of God had come upon his people. Are you and I ready for the second return of Jesus Christ? So there are some things in this passage that you can be doing between now and and the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you are the saints that he's coming back to receive. You are the people of God that he's made ready as a bride adorned for a husband. There will be five, uh, the parable says, whose lamps were ready. And there will be five whose lamps were not ready. And when the bridegroom came for the wedding feast, those who were not prepared said, Let us go into town and fix our lamps that we could be ready. And the other five said, we've been prepared all along. Let the wedding march start. Let the wedding begin. Are you prepared? As I preach this message today, I hope that you bring it home and understand ways that you can be watching for and prepared for the return of Jesus Christ. 
Number one, be at your workstation. Be at your workstation. When Christ returns, he's going to ask, are you at your workstation? We say, well, I don't know what my workstation is. Well, you better find one. Because God's holding you and me responsible for serving in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has given you a gift. God has given you a talent. God has given you a responsibility. And if you're lagging behind and not involved and not serving the Lord, He's going to find you guilty. Are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ? If you're working at your station, if you're faithful in the little things, in fact, the Bible says if you're faithful in small things, He will reward you by giving you even more. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. That's all He's expecting of you. He doesn't expect you to be a stardom kind of person. He doesn't expect you to be a stellar personality. He doesn't expect you to live your best life now. He just expects you to be faithful where He's placed you to serve. And when He comes back, all He's going to want to know is, are you faithful at how I left you to serve until I return? Are you being faithful? Number two, are you watching? Are you watching? Uh, are you watching for the return of Christ? Do you feel a sense of groaning in this world? I think we can get too comfortable in the luxuries in which we live that we fail to see the injustice and the groaning that takes place right under our feet. There are people in this world that are being left out of the luxuries of life. There are people who are being mistreated and are being treated unjustly in the life that we have. There are people who are working three, four, five, and six jobs just trying to keep up, just trying to make ends meet, while the rest of the world depends on them so they can go off and have their great and good times. There are families that's just barely holding on and just barely making it. Do you feel the groaning and the hurting and the aching of the world in which we live? Do you hear the, the pain of addiction around you? In your family, there's addictions. In your family, people are hooked. People are dependent upon things that uh, once we never knew about before. But after experimenting, they've become addicted. Or maybe they've been given a prescription, and that prescription has led to some kind of addiction. And these addictions are paralyzing. Uh, they're like a demon. Uh, they keep you down. They want you to be dependent. They want you to, to be destroyed. And people are hurting and aching and with pain around us. Do you feel the groan of our time? Don't lose out of this aching, groaning period of time and watch those signs because when it gets to the point that people can't stand it anymore, Jesus is going to come. God will not allow His people to suffer beyond what they are able to. And Jesus will come and He will set things right. Do you have a temperature on the groanings and the pain in the world in which you live or are you absent to it? So be watching, be working at your station, and be faithful. Number three, be a witness about the return of Jesus Christ. Be the one who says, I know he's coming back, let's all get ready. There's a song we used to sing back in the 70s called, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. Anybody remember that song, I Wish We'd All Been Ready? Um, I'm not going to sing it because I can't remember the words, but... 
the name of the song had to do with uh, people going around living their life and uh, nobody was ready for the return of Christ and all of a sudden he came. And the person in regret says, I wished we'd all been ready. There are people around you that have never heard the gospel. There are people you live with that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. They've never heard the message of his love and his salvation from our sin. And they're waiting on you to let them know the great love of God and the gospel of Christ. Who is it where you live that hasn't accepted Jesus yet? Who is it among us here that's not made that public profession of faith yet? Oh, friend, today is your day of salvation. I cannot stand here in integrity and in honesty and say to you, you've got plenty of time. You don't have plenty of time. Every moment we live, every heartbeat that beats is a day and a step and a moment and a second that's closer to the return of Jesus Christ. Are you ready? If not, let's be ready. Let's get ready by accepting Christ as our Savior and Lord. Let's get ready by being a witness to Jesus. Let's be ready by being faithful at our assignment. Let's be ready by telling the world that Christ is coming again. Father, we thank you for your love and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for the assurance that Christ is going to return, that the church is going to be uh, taken up and will not be a part of the great tribulation period, that we will somehow in your glory reign with you. Now, Father, there's someone here that's not quite ready. They've never given their life publicly to Christ, and I pray that today they'll come while we sing this song of invitation. There are others who need to unite with our church from a sister church of like faith and order. We invite them to come as well. Lord, you be blessed by every decision that's made. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.